1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
2: G'day mates, it's B Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys, and without further ado, let's begin. This event took place quite a few years ago now, so unfortunately I don't really remember everything that happened, but I do remember nearly all of it. Anyway... This happened when I was around four or five years old and on an Easter Sunday. My family always gathers together at my grandmother's house to celebrate holidays, birthdays, etc. So as we do every holiday, my mother and I started our long hour trip to her house. My mother prefers to live away from all the city commotion, which explains the long drive but we were probably around uh, maybe 20 minutes away from our destination when my mum noticed that we were a little low on gas, so we pulled into this sort of old, almost rustic-looking gas station with just a handful of customers inside. It was red and white with a few festive decorations outside and lots of Easter stickers on the two large glass windows that were on either side of the door. My mum, having taught me not to talk to strangers nor open the car doors for anyone but her, trusted me enough to leave me in the car alone as she went inside briefly to pay for the gas. She told me that she'd be right back before going into the gas station. It felt nice that day too, so the windows in the car were down so that we could feel the breeze while driving instead of the AC. While I was waiting on my mom, I remember adjusting the colorful paper clippings in my Easter basket next to me, then looking out of the backseat window. When I looked over, I saw a, a tall older man maybe around 30 or 40 years old if I have to guess, approaching my window. He crouched down slightly and looked at me. Hi there, what's your name? I remember him saying that. At this moment, I remembered that I wasn't supposed to talk to strangers, so I told the man that my mum says that I shouldn't speak to strangers. He then replied with, well, we can be friends then. My name's Charlie, and now that you know, I guess I'm not a stranger, huh? At the time, I thought that he was right. In my mind, I thought, since a stranger is someone that you don't know, this man wasn't a stranger anymore because I knew his name. The man and I had a short conversation that I I don't quite remember. All I do remember is that he told me that I, I had a nice Easter basket, I think. At this point, though, I started to get a really sick feeling in my stomach, but being a kid, of course, I just couldn't tell why. My mom then walked out of the gas station and noticed the man immediately and began approaching the car quickly, asking the man what he thinks that he was doing. The man then seems to panic and he pulls my door handle violently. He quickly realized that it was locked. Thankfully, it proceeded to reach into my window and grab me by one of my wrists and attempt to pull me out. This obviously scared me a lot, causing me to panic and pull against him on instinct, and this caused him to let go and take off running. My mum quickly ran to the car and I unlocked the doors. She grabbed me and pulled me into an almost painful bear hug, then inspected me closely, repeatedly asking if I was okay. I ended up with a bit of a slight bruise, a redness sort of on my arm, where he grabbed me, but other than that, I was just pretty much shaken up. The reality of what had just happened, though, set in in that moment, and I remember just crying and holding on to my mum right after I said that I was okay, and after that I I really don't remember that much but I recently asked my mom about it and she said that she called the police immediately after it but to this day my mom still says that this was the most frightening moment of her life and claims that if she had gotten there just one moment later and came back to an empty car that she just wouldn't have been able to have lived with herself. I was about 12 years old, living with my mum in a rundown apartment complex, the building that we lived in was the smallest of the three in the complex, and it was shaped like an L, with our apartment being closest to the inside corner on the shorter side of the L. But to our right was another apartment, with another single mother and her son, who was m- much younger than me. Below us was a family with two kids that I was friends with, and the apartment above was empty it wasn't the nicest area by any means so after dark we always kept our windows and doors closed and locked and the reason that i'm going into so much detail is so that you can understand why i believe that this voice didn't come from anywhere other than in our apartment we were up late one night around 11 pm i would say looking at something on her computer but my mum and i would typically stay up late just hanging out together so this was completely usual behavior the computer was sort of tucked into one of the corners of our dining room basically just a patch of lino off from the kitchen and our living room was to our backs. We didn't have the tv on nor did we have any other lights on other than the one in the dining room. I can't remember what we were looking at too but I do remember this sudden feeling that we were being watched. Many things that I attribute to sort of unexplained paranormal activity happened while we were living in this place, so. While the feeling of being watched was incredibly uncomfortable, it wasn't something out of the ordinary by any means. But as I was beginning to shift my seat to turn around and look, we both heard a sinister male voice say meow. A conversation level, neither a whisper nor a yell, drawn out and sort of really exaggerated, almost sort of a tone, like it was mocking us. I would say that it took two or three seconds before this voice was finished, and in that time, I felt every hair on my entire body stand on end. We immediately spun around, me nearly falling out of the chair to the floor, both of us now hyperventilating almost in absolute terror. My mum said something about it, if you aren't good then get out of here, or something to that effect, and I am honestly not sure how I slept that night, or any other nights that we were there for, but we never heard anything like that again. Which is probably the weirdest thing about this. It was just totally random, out of the blue, and it never happened again.
0: You
1: can live out your master chef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: When I was about 16, I needed to get a job. I was out of high school and living with my parents who were driving me insane. I just needed to get out of there, and I was applying for jobs everywhere that I could see. I would even walk into a store and just immediately ask if they were hiring. I didn't care where I worked. I just needed the money to get out of my current living situation, Stacked, The local grocery store was having a mass hire, a job fair type deal on a specific day and time, and I woke up early, got ready, and went. Everyone looking to get a job had to stand in a line and wait to be interviewed. No big deal, I just fumbled with my phone while I waited. The guy in front of me was sort of standing sideways so that he could easily face me and anyone behind me. He continually asked me questions like, is this your first job? How old are you? How far would you have to drive to get to work here? And after that last one, I sort of sarcastically told him that I didn't know he was the person that was supposed to interview me. I thought that he got the point because he stopped talking to me after that. We get up further in the line and finally he's being interviewed in this little office. It was really just um, a setup of tall pieces of cardboard that gave the illusion of privacy during your interview. It was set up right in front of the grocery store so that anyone walking outside could see you during your interview. I was getting nervous because I really wanted this job. When he got done and came out, He said, hope you get the job cutie, I'd love to see you more. He said this as he sort of walked past me. If it weren't for the interview coming up I probably would have told him to get lost but anyway. So I get into this makeshift cubicle office. The guy hands me some papers and tells me to fill them out. I do so and hand them back to him when I get done. But when I lifted my head up... I saw behind the man interviewing me was the creep from outside the grocery store watching me during my interview. I was reasonably anxious before, but now I was starting to worry about this creep. I try my best to make it through the interview without looking at him and answer the questions I'm being asked, the occasional glances towards him rewarded me with witnessing this creep groping the glass, having his hand down his pants, hopefully only acting like he was jerking off, and finally taking pictures of me with his phone. At that moment, I was ready to call the cops as soon as I got out of there if he was still around. When my interview was wrapping up, though, I was given some pamphlets and a gift card for a few bucks of groceries, shook hands with the interviewer, etc. When I looked back at the window, the guy was no longer there, and relief washed over me. I went to leave, too, and was praying to God that I didn't mess up the interview but I walked through the grocery store front back to the door that I entered in and shortly after walking outside yep I saw him again leaning up against the wall and yes he saw me too. He was definitely waiting for me there and I pulled my keys out and put them in between my knuckles like I was taught to do at a young age and my other hand went straight into my pocket holding my phone. I started walking towards my car when I passed him and he stepped to walk beside me. So, how'd it go? I said nothing. You know, you're really too cute to be working at a grocery store. You could make a lot more money without even having to leave your house if you just went online. Disgusting, I know, but I still said nothing. Oh, so you're going to be like that, huh? Not saying anything to me. Probably a good idea, in fact, because if you open that damn mouth, I'd be tempted to stick my... I cut him off by swinging around towards him and punching him in the throat with my key fist. Unfortunately, my grip on the keys weren't tight enough, and they fell out of my hand on impact. But it was enough to shut him up and get him choking. And at that, I grabbed my keys off the ground, and I started running for my car. He was following me and shouting for me, calling me all sorts of names and other vulgarities that I don't remember, but... I got to my car and locked it just in time as he slammed his hands down on my driver's side window. I was shaking like crazy, but I pulled out my phone and after a few feeble attempts from shaking my hands, I correctly dialed 911. He was pounding on my window with open hands, shouting about how I assaulted him, trying to open my doors, walking around the car to see if any of the other doors were unlocked. I tried my best to talk to the dispatcher and tell them where I was... And when he got back to my driver's side door and continued to pound on it and cuss at me, I held my phone up to the window so that he could see the number I dialed and who I was on the phone with. And on that note, his face went completely white and he looked around and just sort of casually walked away. I waited a bit before telling the dispatcher that I think that he was gone. They didn't want to send out a patrol if he had left, but... The dispatcher got the description of the guy from me and told me that they would have someone come out and look at the grocery store camera footage, that they would talk to the guy who interviewed me to see if they could find out who the guy was. I never did hear about the guy again, but thankfully, to my knowledge, as this grocery store I frequent, he didn't get the job. Unfortunately, neither did I Recently, I went upstate to the Catskill Mountains with my girlfriend, her younger brother, and her mum. and they own land there, and my girlfriend's father built a cabin there, too. I went there on July 9th and got back to the city on July 12th, spent three nights in the mountains. During the time that I was there, nothing unusual happened at all, until the last night, that is. So we swam in a lake nearby, funny enough, it's called Crystal Lake but we also cooked a lot of food and overall just had a really nice time. One night I did vomit after swimming. However, other than that, nothing strange happened at all. To give some backstory, the cabin is just great. It has bedrooms and all of that. A kitchen, even a ping pong table. However, it unfortunately doesn't have a shower or a bathroom, so you have to pee in the woods or poop in a bucket and shower with the outdoor shower that they have there the outdoor shower is pretty much a shower head on a huge metal container you can adjust the temperature with a dial it has wooden walls surrounding it for privacy but the side on the left is completely open to the forest and basically you just stand on a wet rock and wet yourself this was my first time showering outdoors ever and i actually really enjoyed it at times i would just sort of stand under the water and look out into the forest And every time that I showered, it was after 10pm, so it was pretty dark. The only light that I had was a lantern and my iPhone flashlight if I decided to use it. However, there was really no need for it since the lantern was pretty strong. But anyway, on the third night, knowing that it'd be my last time showering outside for a while, I decided to shower pretty late. My girlfriend was asleep and so was her brother and her mum. It was around 2.13am because I checked my phone before going to shower. I walk to the shower trying to open the door quietly so that I don't wake anyone up. And Eventually I get there and I start doing my thing. But I realized about midway through the shower that I'd actually forgotten to bring my shampoo so I decided that I would do what I always did, just stare out at the forest. It was really beautiful, even though it was dark, because the lantern lit up most of my surroundings. After about i would say 15 minutes of just staring out at the forest i started to become uncomfortable though not because of the water temperature or anything like that just physically uncomfortable i guess you could say that i i felt like how i feel when i shut my hallway lights and then just sort of run upstairs in the pitch black this hadn't happened to me at all the whole time that i was here though all the showers that i took i never once felt like this I tried ignoring it, but it eventually just became too much. And as I went to turn off the shower, the feeling completely went away. I decided that I would stay in the shower after all after that, but when I looked back at the forest, I noticed a patch of moss on the tree closest to me. I had noticed it before, which was odd because the tree was closest to me. Even though it was the tree that was closest to me, I still can't see it properly though because... I can't get the lantern wet. The lantern just stays at the entrance of the shower stall area, so the tree is still pretty much in the dark. But I focused more on the tree until my eyes sort of got irritated from the water constantly hitting them. I rubbed my eyes, and just as I lowered my hands from my face, I saw a figure walking away from in front of the tree. The figure was dark, like a shadow, except it had the moss from the tree all over it. No facial features or anything. Maybe I just couldn't see anything because it was pitch black out there. But when this happened, I walked backwards and turned around to get my clothes and just run for it. when I turned around, I slipped on a patch of grass and hit my back against the rock that I showered on. I felt lightheaded, but okay, so I got up, gathered my things and sped walked back to the cabin. The next morning, as we were packing to leave, I... Hadn't told anybody about what I had seen or experienced that night. My back didn't have any bruises and I had no scrapes or anything so I honestly thought that it was just a dream. Until my girlfriend told me that I woke her up a bit when I got back in bed last night. I still didn't tell anybody what I saw though. But before we left I told my girlfriend that I had left a sock near the shower area. I told her that I must have dropped it on the way back or something and that I needed to go and get it. I went back to the shower and I looked at the tree, but there was no moss at all there. Just a completely brown bark. Not even a speck of green, just some grey parts on the tree. I literally said out loud, wow, as I just sort of stared at it. And that's pretty much it. I went home and... Nothing crazy has ever happened since then, no weird experiences or encounters, just plain old normal life. So early April of last year, my roommate left me alone in the house for a week while he was off house sitting for his family. We're not in a great area too, but it's well populated, and our neighbours are fantastic, so I'm not too concerned, and am looking forward to having some peace and quiet for once. Just a bit after 7.30pm, I'm upstairs, sitting in my jammies, fully immersed in playing a game, when I hear a knock at the door. Not expecting anyone, I looked out my window overlooking the porch and see a strange older couple standing there. Now, my grandmother's late husband seemed to think that providing my name and address to his church and repeatedly sending missionaries to my door to talk about Jesus was going to get me to join them on Sundays instead of sleeping in and being a lesbian. So, when I didn't recognize them from the neighborhood, I just assumed that they were some of the parishioners here to give me yet another Bible. Annoyed, I just pause my game and I head downstairs to do the usual. Thanks, but super duper happy, smooching ladies. Bye, song and dance, and open the door and notice that the guy is holding a clipboard. Odd, I thought. We do get the occasional energy efficiency or home alarm salespeople, but it was a bit late for that. I give them a sort of mildly irritated yes and. The guy introduces them as members from the International Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. That focuses on family apparently. The name didn't really register and he spoke in a sort of slow, even tone that was so distracting and unnatural it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. He immediately reminded me for some reason of Marshall Applewhite and I thought how unfortunate that was for him. But he asks me if I think my family is important, wanting him to get to the point, donations, fundraising, whatever it might be, so they can get the heck off of my porch, I say, sure, I guess, or something to that nature. Then he tells me that they're conducting a survey and asks if I would be interested in sitting down for a few minutes with them. The clipboard was facing outward and he took so long to speak that... I was able to glance down and see that the first question was about marital status, my radar went up. First of all, there was no way in heck that I'm going to tell some random stranger at my door that I'm not married. I'm not about to let them in to view how alone I currently am in this evening. That aside though, I was just getting super creepy vibes from them. The woman hadn't said a single word yet and was just staring at me the whole time. I told them that I'm really not interested, and I just shut the door. I still had that little nagging feeling though, that something just wasn't right, so I watched them leave. And they didn't stop at any of the other houses, which didn't make sense to me if they were in fact doing a survey when we have a ton of neighbors and we're kind of in the middle of, well, everyone, but instead they just got in their car and they left. I uh, immediately whipped open Google to look up their organization before I forgot the name. The International Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. Quite a mouthful, right? And it was formerly known as the Unification Church, which is what I knew it as. And it's an internationally known cult that specializes in mass arranged weddings and crazy stuff like that. They had apparently rebranded and... Apparently they're recruiting at my house at 7.30 at night, the first day that I'm home by myself for a week? Something tells me that that just isn't a coincidence. Needless to say though, I spent the rest of the week with the curtains down, researching large dog breeds and anxiously waiting for my roommate to get home. recently moved to Wisconsin to a newly built neighborhood. Our home is a duplex, but is in the same neighborhood as some sort of single family homes too. There's an older house that our duplex backs up to that has very obviously been here since before the entire neighborhood was built. It seems that the city bought these people's land to build on. Their driveway backs up to our backyard, and these details are relevant later in the story. So about a month after moving in we woke up to take our dog outside and our back glass door along with the screen door in front of it were halfway open now we are very very good about locking our doors but nothing was missing my macbook my ipad my fiance's wallet my expensive purse and our tv were all in plain sight still and nothing was gone we just let it go thinking that It was weird, but not enough to file a report or anything. Then, a couple of days ago, one afternoon, an elderly lady rang our doorbell and I answered. She had a hospital bracelet on, but was otherwise well-dressed and nothing about her appearance alarmed me. But when I answered, she didn't introduce herself. She just started with, so are you the owners or the renters, or then proceeded to ask me about the layout of the house, where the bedrooms are, and if our outside lights were automatic. I didn't tell her the truth about the layout and told her the outside lights were automatic. She left in her car, which was parked down the street from our home. We asked our neighbors if she had come to them, but one of our neighbors said that she was outside and she saw her pull up and walk directly to our house. This is really strange too, because We're the very last house on our dead end street, and she didn't go to anyone else. And then this morning, once again, we got up to take the dog out, and on the sliding door, there was blood dripping and splatter on the lock for the sliding door. I'm a nurse too, so I know blood when I see it, and this was the last straw. We contacted the police. They actually came out too and took swabs of blood and lots of pictures and said that they would patrol more heavily at night for the next month or so. We are thinking that the only reasonable explanation for this though is that it's someone messing with us and it would make sense if it were the neighbors behind us that I mentioned earlier in this story. I mean, maybe they're disgruntled that their land is being built on and want to pick on us because we're right next door to them and are easily accessible. I just... Really don't have any other explanation for what's going on the area that we live in is really nice an up and coming place and it has a small population and everyone who lives in this neighborhood are nice people with kids a really tight-knit community too and i don't know it just doesn't make a lot of sense Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com. The place to find a place.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. I've
2: recently tried to discuss this story with my boyfriend but I don't feel any relief about what happened to me in high school. He uh, tries to explain it away as a a group hallucination or someone pulling a prank on my friends and I but I know deep down what happened was unfortunately real and it still gives me great anxiety when I think of it. So. The story took place in Lower Alabama when I was in high school almost eight years ago but I still remember every detail like it only happened moments ago. Three friends and I were making the trip to our other friend's house way out in the boondocks, probably 30 minutes outside of any nearby city or town. There's only one road that takes you to his house and it's just a long trip of old concrete that's in dire need of repair but considering only a handful of people live out here, why would the state waste their time and money on it right on both sides of the road is just dense forest pretty much that creeps to the edge of the road sometimes i hardly know where to pull off too and absolutely no street lights so we were in my friend's brand new red mustang that he got for his birthday and he was proud to drive us all around wherever he wanted to go it was him jamie driving my friend his name was dave in the passenger seat and myself and my other friend, Mary, crammed into the back seat among his giant sound system. No seat belts, just sort of half standing, half sitting on the floorboards. And because of this, it was a very uncomfortable ride and the rattling of the music shook my entire body, but I was just happy that one of us had a vehicle to take us to our buddy's house. We turned onto the long strip of road that would take us there and was very disappointed that... There was another car not too far ahead of us, which meant that Jamie couldn't show off how fast his new car could go. Although there's no crazy turns or curves in the road, it's a solid white line the whole way because of the endless hills. It was still possible to pass someone. We accepted now that we would have to go the speed limit and Jamie finally turned the music down so that he could talk stuff about the tiny red Toyota that we'd been staring at the back of for about half an hour I'd say now. But it's about 9pm and there's no moon visible through the dense clouds so it was pretty much pitch black outside. Besides our headlights and the car in front of us with its own lights. Which were there bright because I'm sure that they were aware of tons of deer that lived out there. No other vehicles came from the other direction and nobody was behind us now. We drove for only about 10 minutes I would say. Cutting up and hardly paying attention to the road since we knew where we were going. When suddenly, the car in front of us just slams on its brakes, skidding their tires, stopping in the middle of the road. Luckily, Jamie wasn't following too closely, so we didn't have to do the same, but we came to a slow stop maybe 15 feet behind them. There was some sort of a brief pause before. We then heard a woman screaming at the top of her lungs coming from the Toyota. We had the windows down because some of us had been smoking cigarettes. And that was when we saw it. Now, we had stopped on a declining hill, so we could see in front of the Toyota, and what we saw, I'll never be able to forget. It was some kind of a humanoid-looking creature, standing on all fours, but the arc of its back was taller than the little Toyota. I guess you could say, though, that the only thing that made it humanoid was its hairless skin, but it was really pale, almost grey, Very wrinkly and its limbs were almost impossibly long. What I mean is that its forearm was longer than any human entire arm that I'd ever seen. The legs, the fingers, the arms, the neck, everything just looked like stretched. And we could see all of its bones through its skin too. Especially the backbones that were almost spike-like because they jutted out so much it wasn't facing us just stopped mid stride in the middle of the road facing the right side of the forest but one of the strangest things was that it had backward facing knees like a a bird's legs no tail but still had the posture of some kind of uh, an animal i hope to god that it was an animal but there's no animal here that would be taller than a car on all fours and like i said it had sort of human-like skin hands and feet Its head was like a human skull too. Anyway, no one in our car said a word and Jamie instinctually hit the lock button for the doors, though our windows were still down and the woman in the Toyota was still screaming bloody murder. For a moment, I remember telling myself that it was just some kind of a a messed up prank, a, a weird art sculpture or something because it was like dead still. But then, those thoughts quickly dissipated when this thing cocked its head in our direction, and its face was just as terrible as the rest of its body, pale and wrinkly, just uh, an indentation for a nose, tiny black holes for eyes, no ears, and an impossibly large red-stained mouth that formed into a wicked smile, showing its multiple rows of pointed teeth. The woman's scream instantly grew terribly louder at that moment and the thing seemed to finally be almost startled by it turning its head back towards the forest taking only about two giant fluid animal-like steps and then disappearing into the woods on our right without one bit of sound as soon as it was out of sight jamie slowly crept the mustang forward around the still stopped toyota and. We saw a man and a woman frantically arguing and crying in the front seats. When we got in front of them, the man puts the Toyota in reverse and goes a bit off road to turn around and floors it in the direction that we came from. Apparently, where they were headed wasn't important enough anymore. I almost thought that we should do the same, but I just couldn't get myself to make a sound, let alone a word or even a sentence. Jamie went only about 5 miles over the speed limit as he rolled the windows up and no one said a word for the rest of the 20 minute drive. When we finally got to our friend's house he was waiting outside for us, waving us as we pulled into the little dirt driveway. All four of us scrambled out, pushing past him to get inside the house and I remember him saying something like, Whoa, looks like you guys saw a ghost or something. Dave turns to him with the most serious face and says or something yeah we got inside and part of me was still thinking that it was some sort of a hallucination it must have been right even though we hadn't drank or smoked that day at all so being the artist of the group I asked our friend for paper and pencils without question he retrieved them and while sitting in his living room floor I suggested that we all try to draw exactly what we saw before we tried to discuss anything and sure enough each of us drew the exact same creature and showed it to our friend before explaining the full story. He was horrified and took the drawings out back to a small fire pit and let them ablaze. None of us protested because well, quite frankly we just never wanted a visual of that thing ever again. He asked us things like had we been drugged or were we pulling a fast one on him but Considering that there were two other people that saw the same thing, and most of us were to the point of tears, he picked up pretty quickly that we weren't lying. He let us back inside, locked his doors and windows, and put on a movie to distract us, but we just kept bringing it up, trying to make sense out of it, and we didn't get much sleep that night. Jamie took us all home the next day and on the way we saw the Toyota's black skid marks in the road where it had happened, confirming once more that it wasn't all an elaborate shared dream and before we dropped off Mary she told us that she didn't want to hang out with us anymore simply because being around us would remind her of it. We sort of just nodded and I honestly haven't spoken to her since then. I rarely speak to the other two friends as well anymore for other reasons but a few times I've tried to bring it up to them and they just refuse to talk about it. I know that they know that it happened though and it's just too painful for them to discuss which is understandable because truthfully I also hate talking about it to this day and I've only told two of my closest friends and my now boyfriend who is very opposed to any supernatural things so you can probably understand why I didn't get any relief by talking to him about it. Honestly too, I never really believed in these sorts of things either before this happened. But it's definitely changed my perspective a bit. And please, do let me know if any of you guys have seen anything similar. I've tried researching it and people keep saying that it's a skinwalker a rake or a wendigo. But the descriptions just never fully match up. I guess I would just like to put a name to whatever that terrible thing that prowls lower Alabama woods was. G'day mates, it's B Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Bee Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too.
0: which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list.